again. What do you mean you're not going through that again? <laughs> what? I pushed the record button this time. What do you got to worry about? <laughs> okay, good. Now we're starting over. Yeah. Tell these hunt goddamn hunting stories that we've just been telling for the last 25 minutes. Talking to ourselves. All right. Maybe it was this uh, moonshine. What is this? What Apple pie. Ugh. I forget who made this. But anyway, this was a housewarming gift from one of the neighbors. And uh, it's stout. It works. Well, welcome to uh, the podcast. This is the 406 cast. My name is Justin Hawks. Sitting across the table from me is my buddy, Mo Fingers. How are we doing today? Well, I'm doing good now. Now that we've got uh, the record button going. This is a trial and error type deal. Yeah, well, that's the first one. What are you going to do? Shit with a bunch <laughs> of rookies. Fuck. Anyway, I'm, uh, we've known each other for, what, Eight, nine, well, we've known each other quite a while. Cause, Over uh, 20 years, but we, 20 years, but we, we weren't, weren't friends like we are now. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm about 10 years older than you, right? Nine. Something like that. So back when I was, back in the day, back in the Northern Rodeo Association days, I was a bullfighter. You were riding bulls. Yep. And, uh, of course, I don't remember any of that shit, but I know there was a lot of good times probably had inadvertently. Yeah, there was. Because you grew up in Lewistown. Mm-hmm. I grew up in Billings. And uh, we know we know, we've got a lot of mutual friends. Rodeo through rodeo and all other kinds of things. Ranching. You're a rancher as well as I am. Mm-hmm. We're uh, right now at your place out on Prior Creek. Sipping a little of this hooch and going to tell some hunting stories and war stories and whatever else kind of bullshit stories. <laughs> Well, so you were in the Coast Guard. I was. What, so you rode it. We rodeoed together in the because I got my PRCA card as a bullfighter in '94. We rodeoed. Well, I started fighting bulls in '91 in the NRA. So at some point in there. Yeah, I mean it's ninety. Why? Why am I hearing Mister Mister Broken Wings? I, I can know. hear that. Go turn that shit off. Why? You gotta have some background music in the Mr. Mr. is well, the background no, it's music. On that there it changed. Now it's eighties on eight. Eighties well, on eight. Thanks for aging me, asshole. <laughs> well what the hell we ain't getting no younger. I just turned fifty. I know. You're getting old. Yeah, I'm still a stud. Hey. Look like a bobblehead since you lost all that weight, but Well, that was necessary. But uh yeah. So we rodeoed together. Then you went and joined the uh Coast Guard. Jo- joined the Coast Guard. What in year was that? Ninety, fall of ninety six, and and you got medically retired in uh, the spring of ninety nine. Fingers bitten off by a hammerhead shark <laughs> while you were on a, some sort of rescue mission to we uh, save some. Yeah, we. Uh, I was uh, stationed in a few places, but uh, at that point in time, I was stationed in Mobile, Alabama, on a. U.S. Coast Guard cutter, sweet gum. Did you ever, uh, sweet gum? Yep. The 180-foot buoy tenders were named after trees. Ours was the sweet gum. Wow. After, yeah. Way to go, Coast Guard. Yeah, there was, <laughs> there was many a times when we were in, in, uh, uh, ports did you have one of those caps that has the i i if i dig in the closet i'm sure i still have one but <laughs> sweet gum yeah and the funny part was that we'd other like we'd pull into galveston or houston or one of them and anyway other other cutters their crew would get on their raft float over and anyway they'd take the g off of the <laughs> off of the off of the gum part and anyway we were the the sweet cum of the sweet gum oh yes so i always thought that about the coast guard anyway yeah well you know we're we're just, just puddle jumpers i was in the army so we're know. the most hated branch of service until somebody's drowning and then everybody loves us well i'm sure that's the case but i'm not any getting anywhere near a drowning situation <laughs> i almost did that once uh Closest I ever came to drowning was we were uh, we'd skip school one day, me and Mick and Carl, some high school buddies, and it was May, but the weather was warm, but there's the river, Yellowstone River was up, and we got dropped in above Columbus, 
Oh, he has a long float. Well, we only made it to Laurel. <laughs> we start out down the river, and I mean, this river is raging, raging. And uh, we're going down ways. We got a cooler full of beer, of course, because mm-hmm. we're 17, 18 years old. And, man, we're hitting every rapid we can. And we're paddling for a good little ways. My ass is getting sore. So I'm 18, and I'm in indestructible and invincible. Can't swim, but what? Well, don't fucking matter. <laughs> so I take off this life jacket and sat on it because my ass is getting sore because we've got one of them Coleman canoes, one of them green ones, and oh, them hard man. plastic yep. seats, man, and chewing my ass up. So we're going along and enjoying my nice beer and soft cushion. And we see these huge rapids ahead of us. So I'm like, there they are. Let's go. Mixing the bow of the ship. Mm-hmm. I'm in the what? Aft. I'm in the aft. <laughs> Chris is in the middle. And we're paddling towards this bastard. And uh, and we hit this seriously. Cooling the gang now. Anyway, we hit these rapids. And Mick just disappears out of sight. Just under the water. Mm-hmm. And then I see him again, straight up in the air in front of me. <laughs> and the next thing I know, I am underwater and just grabbing flailing. for whatever yeah, you can whatever. grab. <laughs> I'm just trying to get up. And I get a hold of Chris, his body. I get a hold of him. Man, I just claw my way up over the top of that poor bastard. <laughs> just, I mean, and he's, a, I push him away from me and, and I try to go hold, get a hold of that raft. Well, it's just rolling. Mm-hmm. And shit, I just kick off and start swimming well i mean we're probably five feet from the bank right here well i kick off and swim across the river the way across <laughs> the yellowstone river and i can't swim i mean i cannot swim and i i almost drowned i started going under and i told myself stop panicking and swim and as soon as i told myself stop panicking i popped up to the surface and just dog paddle like a motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> and you're until, probably in like six inches of water at the time. Yeah, I did that until my <laughs> knees hit gravel bank on the other side, and I crawled out, and it was just like some movie. Some poor bastard crawls out on the bank, just collapses. Right. That's what I did. I'll and, be uh, Mick and Chris, they lived. They were on the other side of the river. Well, we lost our paddles. And the boat, I'm sure. Well, they had to hold the boat. They oh. got the boat. Because it ended up in a little eddy area. And uh, so they're over there peeling off big chunks of cottonwood bark to paddle back across the river to <laughs> rescue get you. me. <laughs> yeah, and we, we picked up floating beer cans for the next few miles down the river. Lost one of my shoes. <laughs> lost, well, we picked up our life jacks too. We found everything floating in these little eddies oh, as I we imagine. went down. Yeah, damn near died. It freaked me out. Well, I know you can't swim because we'll jump ahead 25 years to the present time. And uh, anyway, we 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 do uh, some executive protection details every now and then, not often, but I when we can. I just got called about that today to be I put us on the list for this winter. Go well, ahead. Perfect. So anyway, we get done protecting the client up in West Yellowstone or West Glacier, and. Uh, yeah, at West Glacier. West Glacier. And then after they left. and the guy just got attacked by a bear in Columbia Falls. No kidding. Yesterday, yeah. And we, yeah, we were there. Yeah. So anyway, we were up there and uh, our supervisor, I guess you'd call it, asked us Turn to. Turn that shit down. You keep talking. Uh, asked us, you know, hey, we got an extra day to kill. Why don't we go rafting? And we're like, yeah, that, you know, that sounds cool. And, you know, they do that whitewater rafting and stuff up there. So we. We'd sign up and go, and anyway, instead of getting in a raft, what was her name? Amber. 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 Amber says. She played in the WNBA. She did. She was cool. She's a tough chick, and uh, she says, why don't we get kayaks? We're like, yeah, you know, we're adventurous, and plus, we didn't want to show that we were pussies, so we, we get in these kayaks. Well, they don't take rapids as well as the big you know the big whitewater rafts they you got to kind of hit the rapids get, you, in a certain you want to kind of have an dra- idea yeah. of what you're doing <laughs> just flailing about with yeah. a paddle so hitting them crossways and you, whatever ways you hit the first rapid and you tipped over first and you were you did you the same what? kind of scramble trying to get yeah. on that big raft <laughs> 
I was helpless. <laughs> and then I had like 20 people. Trying Chil- to, women and children dragging trying to, me into the <laughs> Trying raft. to pull you through. <laughs> and the littlest guy never tipped over. So it goes to show you that. That goes the only thing showing above the top of your raft was your shoulders and your head. That's it. It's all I got. Shoulders and the head. <laughs> <coughs> yeah, that was pretty fun. That, that was a good time. It, I mean, I don't like doing executive protection because I don't like uh, being a an adult babysitter that's yeah you know and and like my back understand my background in 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 that kind of work goes back to iraq and afghanistan where we had control over the clients where uh i worked for blackwater back in the day blackwater oh yes (laughs) (laughs) makes my blood run hot thinking about the good times but we had control over our clients you know right because it was so dangerous you could say "Eh." We're not going there today, Shuvaloy Majundar. You know who you are. He'll never hear this. <laughs> he was Canadian. He was a good client, but that dude wanted to meet with, uh, I mean, he always was trying to meet with the worst of the worst kind of characters you could meet up with. Uh, you know, Taliban and Al-Qaeda dudes. and He's just always trying to set up these crazy meetings. I'm like, no, no, no. Um, uh you had that kind of power to say no. Right. When you're doing executive protection over here. It's a little different. It's a little it, different. Pretty much on beck and call. Yeah. Yeah. But we met we've met some pretty cool characters through it all and got some friendships out of it and things like that and it's pretty neat. I mean it sure passes the time better than nice, sitting in some office. Nice, it's a nice paycheck too. Yeah. I'm gonna say the money ain't too shabby. Yeah. But uh but shit. We're not here to talk about executive protection and all that lame shit. Shit. We're here to talk about hunting and bar fights. <laughs> War stories. <laughs> we were so the other night we were. What, did you get in a bar fight just the other night? No, no, I ain't been in one in a few years. But anyway, uh, Dad, my old man, he was. He's. A typical Italian, he's, you know. He, your dad is, is uh, he's, he's like a movie Italian. He's just a little bit taller so, than Danny DeVito. So, <laughs> we call this the 406 cast. I'm born and raised in Montana. You're raised in Montana, but you're from, your family's from Connecticut. From the East Coast. And your dad, <laughs> I'd never met him until we went hunting. hunting. So, I got to spend 20 below week in a wall tent with you and your dad and your brother mm-hmm. and that dude your dad is a character character he is he's, he is a quintessential italian dude mm-hmm. straight out of a movie he is he is like a little gangster looking dude he, he is he well i mean they, um, that's the way he grew up but uh you know he's a uh, de niro and you know joe pesci and all them guys all tied into one (laughs) but he uh so anyway he was you know our technology nowadays with facebook and instagram and all this shit and a friend a a guy friended him well it was from back well when you graduate high school in 72 or 70 yeah and uh anyway this guy friended him and so they got to talking hey how you been this or that and the guy said you remember when you slammed my head in the car door repeatedly and which <laughs> led off to a whole two-hour discussion about bar fights in my at my parents' table because you know we grew up we're this is montana man yeah, that's we, what we did you grew up like, scrapping I, I mean i'm 50 years old you're 40, 41 41 and uh man that's just we were talking about today when you stopped by the house earlier and with my brother, and he was a rodeo guy. And that's, I mean. That's all you did. That's, you that's what we lived for. You went from town to town, and you rode your bucking horse, you rode your bronc, you rode your bull, and then you went to the bar, got, and you inevitably got in a fight. Got drunk and got in a fight. Because you were the out-of-towners, <laughs> yeah. and you're coming into some hometown place. The girls are tired of their boyfriends. Mm-hmm. So you got all these hot young stud um, cowboys coming in. Yeah, and we were, yeah, we were cocky and arrogant and oh yeah, all that stuff. Ten and, foot tall, mm-hmm. bulletproof, and we all liked to fight and we all stuck together and kind of fought as one. Yeah, we did. There were some 
I've been in some unbelievable bar brawls. Some of the best ones were at the Eagle's Nest here in Billings, in Billings. when I was operating. Mm-hmm. I uh, I got my my buddy. We got in a fight one night in there. It was Halloween, and you know Dwayne Meyer. Oh yeah, Dewey. Dewey. Um, we walk in the bar. We're already pretty lit, and uh, we walk in the front door of the Eagle's Nest, and and it's Halloween. So the Tin Man, mm-hmm. Dorothy. <laughs> The Cowardly Lion, <laughs> and who's one other? Who's the other one? Uh, the Scarecrow. Right? Scarecrow. The Scarecrow. I mean, it was all four of them. And Dorothy, Dorothy was looking hot. It was slutty Dorothy. <laughs> and you know Dwayne. Oh, I know Dwayne. So, I mean, we so you used to walk in the Eagle's Nest, and you just walk right to the bar right there yep. and buy your drink because it was right there. Right ahead of you. And then you'd buy your drink, and you kind of sit back and see who was all around. Well, that's what we did, but. Dorothy was right there next to Dwayne, and uh, Dwayne just could not help himself. We ordered our drinks, and he just he had to reach over and, and grab Dorothy's ass. He had to. And ten, I'm sure. It was ten a cowardly, ten, no, cowardly, no, cowardly lion. lion was her boyfriend. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he wasn't, he didn't get so. I mean, he he found his heart for a moment. <laughs> he found his heart and his courage or whatever. <laughs> and his courage. Oh, no, it's a tin man had his heart. Yeah, That's right, yeah, the coward landing courage. Well, he found his courage. <laughs> oh, shit. For a moment. For a moment. Dwayne, he's a scrappy little bastard. Mm-hmm. He had a he had a glass just like we're drinking out of right here. Mm-hmm. It was a brand-new glass, whiskey and ice and Coke. And that cowardly lion spun him around, and he smashed that glass of whiskey right over that dude's brow. And... Uh, and then I grabbed the cowardly lion, and you know where the bouncers used oh, to sit yeah, right by, the, by door? the door there. I spun him around and started wailing on him, and and the bouncers all grab uh, Dwayne and shit. They throw us out. I mean, we're kicked out instantaneously. <laughs> we never even got in the door hardly, and we got in a fight and got kicked out. But yeah, we got in a fight with the cowardly lion. Mm, and that, that's <laughs> we were good so times. back. Was back when the nineties rodeo and anyway we go to me and my traveling partners at the time were Jason Olson and uh uh Troy Henderson and all three of us fought each other like uh you know in friendship ways but you know when you were driving you'd get be getting flogged or oh, yeah. you know you're no good fucker yeah, and yeah. you'd pick on each other the whole time to kill time you gotta do something when you gotta drive all night to hit the next rodeo i mean you gotta do something to keep you you know keep yourself awake but anyway we end up in butte montana which and is the capital of wanting to get into a fist that's fight montana. exactly right and anyway we end up i'm italian and i look italian i'm short and dark no. hair brown eyes i what? mean yeah so <laughs> you walk into an Me, I, i'm uh, actually quite tall and handsome yes you're, you're <laughs> rather, rather, rather but anyway we're we walk into an irish bar in butte and anyway surprised you even made it through the door we did and we sat down and of course they were all locals and we're three cowboys who just walked into an irish pub you know which is three cowboys walk in at any bar is about to get you in a, a fight. get you in a fight and instantly. i don't know why the, everybody wants to kick our asses I we're know. nice people i know well we it, try to be yeah continue but so olsen is shorter than me so yes, i'm five five is. jason's what five one five he's two a, maybe he's and he's a scrappy little bastard even wrestler he, wrestler boxer from up malta anyway for some reason this guy's got to pick on jason and i mean just walks up to him and starts needling him well one thing leads to another and and troy leans over towards him because we're all kind of sitting right next you know across at a bar so we're one two three lined up and troy was sitting in the middle and he leaned over and he says don't hit him don't you know just let's get our drink finish your drinks we'll go to another bar all right all right right so this guy kept so jason just turns around and clocks this dude the whole corner of this bar stands up. There's like six of them. And the fight was on. And it was the worst ass kicking I think I've ever deserved other than my old man beating on me. Because these guys were ruthless. I don't think I even got hit in. Anyway, Olsen gets thrown through the door. 
I get thrown through the plate glass window next to the door and land on the sidewalk, and Henderson is the last one gets thrown through the deal. Anyway, we're laying licking our wounds, and we're all beat up, skinned up pretty bad, and, and uh, figured, fuck it, we're, let's go back to the hotel or the car or wherever we were staying, and let's get the hell out of here. Yeah, that sounds good. So we limp our way out of there, and next day, on the front page of the newspaper, Butte boxing team whoops up on three out-of-town <laughs> cowboys. <laughs> and they did handily whip our ass. I mean, it was – it was. Yeah, Butte and Helena are two great places to get in a fight. I guess. They used to be back in the day. I don't know about anymore. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. know if I, people uh, – I try not to get in women yeah, anymore. Yeah, I don't – I'm, I'm – yeah. It, it, with this weak old left shoulder. Yeah, I was going to say, there's a lot of parts on us that yeah, don't work like they yeah, used to. That uh, rodeo took a toll on us, especially, I mean, did on me. I was a bullfighter for uh, 10 years before I started. Before I, I was, because I was 30 years old when I joined. Yeah, Army. you, right, well, you you joined right after 2000, or after right 9-11. Before, right or, before. Or right before 9-11. Right before. I thought there was going to be a war with North Korea. Yeah. So that's why I joined up. Yep. And then 9-11 happened. And then uh, and then I got deployed to uh, fucking Bosnia. I was so pissed. I'm like. <laughs> Out of all places you get to go. <laughs> I'm like, to come <laughs> on. I, I watched the invasion in 2003 in Bosnia. I'm like, oh, my God, those guys are getting all the fun. I'm never going to get there. Right. And then a year later I was there, but not in the military. You were in Blackwater by yeah, that time. Yeah, I'd gotten discharged. And, uh, well, I'd hurt my back on when I got deployed to Bosnia doing a water training exercise. Fucking Rangers. They like to play silly little fuck, fuck games. <laughs> anyway, jacked up my back, and, uh, and, uh, I was with this infantry unit down in Texas, National Guard Infantry Unit, and they, they were, they were going to deploy. And uh, I'd been with them for a little while, and they were they were not. I'd been in uh, long-range surveillance units before that, so those most guys were, you know, rangers and you know, kind of higher-speed dudes. Well, this is just kind of a line infantry unit, right? And uh, if I'm if we're doing a PT run, a formation run, and I'm I'm like the fastest guy, and then there's something wrong with that unit because <laughs> I should not be the fastest guy. Right. So that I didn't want to go to war with them guys. So when we got went to uh, do our first uh, whatever, whatever the heck that's called, to mobilize, they asked me if I was sound enough if I wanted to, to deploy because of my injury. It was tough to say no, a little bit of a pride thing. Right. But I said no, I don't think I can carry all my duties. And uh, got a medical discharge. And then I, w- it wasn't too long after that I was working for Blackwater. And ended up having to get a bunch of shit done to my back anyway after that. A bunch of injections and all kinds of stuff after a few years of that because doing that kind of job, we were basically, you know, doing our, our security gig protecting people and whatever we had to do but it was also like getting paid to work out right so yeah it didn't you know i was monstrous at the time too so well what else do you do in the (laughs) desert when you're not doing anything else you're working out yeah it wasn't like you can go down find a girl anywhere so i did that for 10 years and and then uh and i used to be like a hunting fanatic back in the day shoot i started hunting well I mean, we all start hunting up here when you were young oh yeah, yeah, well, we, yeah. I, think I killed my first deer when i was 13 yeah 12 or 13 yeah. i think you get her because <coughs> my birthday is in october so i turned i was 12 when i went to hunter safety mm-hmm. and then because uh, you can shoot it you can hunt when you're 12 up yeah there, with a with a per, you know an adult and the adult i hunted with was my great uncle paul and he was a combat marine from world war ii he got uh, he got shot. I believe it was on Okinawa. My grandma told me the story. It's her brother. He got shot and he came to. <coughs> and uh, man, he didn't know where he's at. He didn't know what was going on. So he just started crawling and he found uh, an abandoned Japanese machine gun emplacement. So he just started crawling in the direction the 
Japanese machine gun was pointed. Finally ran into some Marine lines and got evac'd out of there. No kidding. Yeah. Right. A lot tougher back then. Yeah, yeah. He was a uh, straight Norwegian. Great Uncle Paul. Yeah, he was right beside me when I shot my first deer. was uh, a little two-point whitetail up out of uh, Melville, Montana. Oh. Yeah. Used to go hunting up there all the time. My uncle had a ranch up there. And now you got the bug again, and now you're... <coughs> long, I do long bow compound yeah, I bow. Got, yeah, I went all I went all in with that shit. Uh, in fact, this morning I drew back. I went hunting this morning. Oh, yeah, I seen. And uh, oh, I got a dang it, I cough. This is goddamn. <coughs> this uh, what do you this? That's a hair on that mustache that you keep maybe inhaling. It, maybe it is. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I went out this morning with my uh, this uh, Saxon American sixty pound recurve this morning and uh i saw nine nine does no eight does and one buck crossing the hay field about daylight so mm -hmm. i tried to cut them off and uh i never did never did know where they went up to because it's hard for me on foot to catch up with a bunch of deer headed to the bedding ground but anyway went and tried to find them and didn't so i'm all dejected walking back you know and, just, and uh the hayfield's full of cattle mm -hmm. and shit here comes this deer running straight towards me <laughs> so i just dropped to a knee and uh it's a spike buck mm -hmm. and he stops about 40 yards from me and i draw back an anchor and uh and this this dude's just, he's got milk off dripping off his lips still I'm like, ah, ah. it was it was a sure thing i could have killed that Dude. well you gotta make a conscious well but he was so small yeah i was gonna say because the day before i filled my doe tag by i think by killing his uh, younger sister <laughs> which uh it was, it was fun though because you know i've been up in that damn hayfield so hunt season archery starts september 1st yeah. So anytime I wasn't off hunting somewhere else or doing anything else, I was up lurking around our hayfield trying to, because I got a B tag, a doe tag mm -hmm. for, for this area. So I've been trying to fill it. And I wanted to do it with my bow. And man, mule deer doe are not easy to kill with no. a bow, no. with, a, with a traditional bow, especially in an open alfalfa hayfield with very little cover. Yeah. And the wind blows. And wind. So I've been having hell. But this year, or, or yesterday, was it yesterday or day before yesterday? When I, day before yesterday. Day before Sunday. yesterday. Sunday. Sunday. I spotted some deer. And I saw this big old, and I had my longbow, 42-pound Mike Treadway. Mm -hmm. And then over my shoulder, I had my 4570 <laughs> Figured, well. <laughs> I mean, it's rifle season. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm just out here having fun with this bow. So I see some does, and uh, and they're in a the perfect place to sneak up on. The wind's in my face, and they're in this little draw. So I do the old sneak down through there on my knees. I get up to 42. Range, range. And this is, it's a fawn out there, 42, yearling or whatever it is, mm -hmm. a big fawn. 42, and then I can see some other deer over here to the right of her, so I figure they're probably same yard, maybe a little further. And, uh, I don't know, I must have made some movement, and that little fawn doe picked me off, or picked, saw me, so, shit, I'm, all right, draw back behind cover, and then I just pop up, anchor, let her rip and shot right under this damn doe. And uh, I mean, right under her. I thought I hit her because the way she jumped and kicked. Right. I should have held just a little higher on her back. I held at her spine. I should have held over her spine. Anyway, they ran out to about 108. I ranged and uh, shot. And when I got to it, with, oh, with my 4570, I had unslung that dude. Oh, yeah. For the follow-up, yeah. That's a long, <laughs> I mean, that's... Yeah, that would have been a long, <clears throat> that, that would have been a record. Yeah. So after I missed him with my arrow, missed her with my arrow, I unslugged my forty-five seventy, and they went out and ranged it out to 108 and knocked her down. But it's a lot of ground shrinkage when I got up there. It wasn't the doe. It was the... 
fawn. Fawn up the hill. <laughs> and how it works sometimes. So it didn't take long to get that thing cut up anyway. It's meat's meat. Yeah. You have you been hunting this year? I I, I know your dad has drawn a drew a moose tag for sweet moose tag. Yeah, for southwest uh, Montana. Yeah, down south of Dillon somewhere, yeah. and uh, he's been out a couple three times and seen cows and calves, but um, hasn't run into any bulls. So he's got. I can't remember if that tag ends on the on the on Thanksgiving weekend or if it's if it's an extended, but. I know he's going out this weekend for sure. So yeah, whether he, he shoots Bo Winkle uh, or shoots a nice bull, it'd be. Is that a is it a bull only tag? Uh, but I don't. You know, I I'd, I'd have to look. I don't oh, know. Either. I don't know I mean, much. I've never. It's a coveted tag. You, not everybody gets yeah, to draw one. They don't. Uh, I just read the numbers on what they give out for Montana moose tags the other day, uh, and it's not very many. No, in his district they gave two. Yeah. And there was probably what ten thousand people that put in for it. I know my uncle Howard Newman. He got a moose tag years and years ago, and it was up by uh, Gardner. Mm -hmm. And I went with him. Man, I need to talk to him about that hunt. I don't remember shit about that hunt, but we killed a moose. Did you? Well, I might be completely imagining that, and I wasn't even there. But a moose got killed. <laughs> <laughs> I might have been sleeping. <laughs> I went on a lot of hunts with him over the years, and you know it's. I've been on so many hunts; it's hard to keep track of them all, you know. Yeah. And, and the, the the memories start uh, getting mixed together. Hunts start combining, and yeah, oh uh, yeah. memories get fuzzy. But uh, yeah, well, you guys, you and your dad and your brother, I went elk hunting with you guys in the Missouri Breaks, and that's what got me back into hunting after ten years of contracting in Iraq and Afghanistan. And yeah, yeah. What was was supposed to be a fun week of well, hunting turned we, into we sub-zero temperatures. <laughs> you, when we decided to go, uh, and you and I headed up the day before we headed up, it was like fifty some degrees. Yeah, yeah. Sun was shining. Yeah, it's beautiful. Was brown. We were, uh, and then we went to Lewistown to your folks' place. It started snowing on the way up there that day. Mm -hmm. And then we decided to go into camp that night because it was a goddamn blizzard. All right. Yeah, yeah, and, and it was then dark it too. Turned off into a rotten cold minus twenty for a week straight. A week straight, because we were listening to have a radio yeah, station, and, the, and it was always daytime, twenty-two below. And the daytime <laughs> temps never got above fourteen below. <laughs> no. You yeah, killed a you killed a cow with an outstanding five hundred and what ninety-two yard some, shot, yeah. some ridiculously long shot across a canyon. On the second day, yep. what what? Uh, were you shooting your 300? 300 short mag. Short mag. Yeah. I had, it's a custom made uh, gun that when I was. Well, it obviously shoots good. Yeah, when I was, well, when we were, uh, we had a place up in Thompson Falls anyway. A, a friend of mine, he was in the long range hunting, so he, he set that gun up for, you know, all dialed in and taught me how to do long range adjustments for wind and mm. all that stuff and anyway but yeah it's it's a dead-eyed dick for sure yeah yeah that was uh and then we hunted hard for the next four days five days whatever it was four days colder and well digger never saw anything oh actually dude we went down the river that one day and uh i missed a white-tailed buck yep that's right and then we had to go to the bar another day and just have some drinks and warm up because it was. Well, yeah, we were in Zortman. Yeah. The good, good it was so cold Zortman. that we tried, you had a fuel tank on the back of your pickup. We tried to put gas from the tank into the. Into the pickup. Into the vehicle's tank. And the hose broke. And the hose broke because it was so fucking cold. <laughs> yeah. A rubber I went hose. to hand you the hose and it snapped, snapped off. <laughs> and you got pissed at me. And I'm like, motherfucker, did I? I'm not cutting your hoses in dude it was yeah i was covered in gas i did find out one thing that day that deer when you were covered in gasoline from head to toe that deer do not smell you no you can walk up right to them and they can't figure what you are but you don't want to be smoking no thank god i don't but yeah anyway a couple of days later we run into another nice little herd of elk down at a watering yeah and i uh hustled up my fat ass up a mountain 
got around in front of them just as they were disappearing and got basically the last cow of the herd yeah, on the last yeah. day and then we loaded them bitches up and got the hell out of there and got out of there we Dropped. brought horses but it was too damn cold to even saddle horses yeah <laughs> it wasn't even Jesus. they didn't they'd have froze to death after breaking a sweat i mean it was too cold to ride yeah because there's nothing there's no place colder than riding a horse oh man or being on a wag feed wagon oh yeah in the winter in montana no and we've done it we've yeah, had to do it i've never i've never been so cold as trailing cows in the winter time in fact i've generally get off and once we get everything lined out and traveling get off and walk, walk just to keep my feet warm yeah remember the good old days when you know you're a kid and they'd put bread sacks on your on your, over your socks and then you'd put your five buckle yeah your over rubber over shoes your on own that. waterproof shoes yeah, that, yeah you know they didn't have insulated boots that fit in stirrups so we you know mom would always improvise some kind of uh yeah, i thought i was shitting in high cotton when i bought my first white's packers with the felt liners oh you yeah, know, you yeah, know. yeah those things are worthless oh yeah they freeze your feet, your feet freeze because you can't and then they just instantly <laughs> freeze solid yeah. and you just misery all day yeah so if anybody's looking for a pair of size 11 whites they're, packers they're from back in the they're free for 80s, the taking 90s. no no man these are vintage they're charge a lot of money for that shit. you know what i found though i mean we 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 cowboy quite a bit i we both have ranches and cows muck and boots muck boots they uh they will freeze your feet but on also tapaderos uh, you know we've kind of you're a leather he's you're a leather man and build saddles and stuff saddles, like that yeah. and, and uh you know i always thought them texas guys were funny because they always had them bulldog taps but i wear them in the winter i put them on my saddles in the winter time and just that little bit of air barrier it just cuts the wind man. it cuts the wind and your feet stay warm it's like riding a i got a harley and if you can ride a harley with a with a uh just like a denim jacket or some sort you know cloth right wind cuts right through you you put on a leather jacket and no and wind you're good that's why you see all them dudes wearing leathers because that shit cuts wind yeah man so makes sense well look at them cows in the middle of winter when it's cold and snow and shit they they keep warm fuck them cows i don't care how they keep warm <laughs> i'm more worried about myself <laughs> good lord so have you been hunting did i ask you if you've been hunting I, this yeah year? and I, I i've like i said i've been out once uh my hunting extent this year has been shooting coyotes. They've run in plenty of those to shoot. This last few weeks that we've been getting little snowstorms coming through, and coyotes are about a hundred yards away from us through that window there. And shit, I just pop them off. Yeah. So I got a few hanging right now. I hopefully the fur prices are pretty good this year. We'll see. Well, so far this year I've killed an elk, bull elk, and. The world's smallest buck antelope, and the world's smallest mule deer doe. So <laughs> We're I'm gonna on. have to take you to take you hunting <laughs> and actually do something right. So next week we got two weeks left in this season. We do. We need to do old. And we're going hunting next week. I've got a cow tag for south side of the breaks. We both got. You've got. Ta- I got my got tag. Cow tags. And, yeah. Oh shit! Got, you still got your. I still got my a tag. Oh, you're like here. You've been screwing around. We should have oh, yeah, up to Tom Miner Basin early on and fought grizzly bears. And nah, man. You. you know, I'm, I'm too much of a pussy. I ain't fighting no damn grizzly bear. Oh, but, there ain't nothing wrong with fighting grizzly but, bears. But, uh, I'm, you They're know, everywhere. The last couple of years, we've been going out to a buddy of mine up in Ingemar, and there's some really nice, there's, you know, 180, That's, 200 class muley bucks up there. and Not on our side of the fence. Not on your side. <laughs> it's, well, yeah. But that one that I know the ranch you're talking of, and it's uh, it's big, it's big. That guy's one of the largest landowners in the state of Montana, and uh, yeah, they run on big country. And and that they they own land that uh, my grandpa used to run on as when I was a kid, lease ground that my grandpa had, yeah, because and they didn't buy that place till in the late 90s, I think it went one or mid 90s, I guess, yeah, because uh. My grandpa was an outfitter, so I started guiding for him when I was a kid. Yeah, probably uh, antelope hunts and antelope deer. and mule deer yeah. back when uh, I was a, I was literally a kid. 
I should not have been a guide. I don't think I was. I don't think you can be a guide when you're 14. Yeah, well, okay. your, grand, I was just showing, your grandfather I was, just was show, a. I wasn't guiding. I you was weren't going to argue with I him. I was just showing these guys where all the good spots were. That's what I was doing. But uh, so yeah, I've been in the game that game a long time, and Eastern Montana is my jam, man. It is. It's good hunting, you know. Mountains yeah. scare me because there's grizzly bears up there. Yeah, but you know, you know when we were kids, you don't realize how uh, wide, vast, open it is when until you hit the plain, eastern plains of Montana. I mean, there it, it freaks people out. Yeah, I mean, it it looks flat, but everything goes down. You know what I mean? There's yeah. big coolies, big draws, and oh, it's huge country, and it's and it's we they grow some lots of monstrous holes. mule deer and whitetail too. I mean, you well, be you you've seen them i mean you'll yeah. be out in the middle of mule deal country oh, and run around, into on a, that muscle shell what, river yeah, the white tails are oh my god montana white tails are a uh, hidden secret problem yeah. is it's all private private so you gotta private know land. somebody you gotta, know, you gotta know somebody which yeah i don't know anybody anymore so if anybody's out there got a sweet white tail spot well a lot of these guys anymore you know they it's a it's a business i mean they they yeah. charge people to yeah. go in and hunt and stuff like that but it's never disappointing i know that because i see a lot of friends that kill stuff well it ain't like there's not plenty of places to hunt oh there's country, tons right? of public lands yeah. and some of the best hunting I mean, you can get is we, on public lands you and i both we hunt public lands and the breaks we uh we hunt private land whenever we can because mm -hmm. it's better you don't have to put up with all the people. Yeah, you honestly. don't have to get up at crack butt <laughs> the, thirty in the morning the and be the first army. one in. Yeah. I don't mind it. I don't mind it with bow hunting because you don't have to fight the crowds. If and if everybody's wearing camouflage anyway, so shit, you can't see anybody, so it doesn't yeah. really matter. But yeah. when you see the orange army out there in the hills, you're like, ah. yeah. But yep. it, it's it can be beneficial. Yeah, they push them to you. Yeah, I mean they're them them deer or them elk. They're they're running. They're yep. they're looking. <laughs> Remember. <laughs> fuck's sakes when you and i went hunting a couple years ago and we're driving in that side by side down the ridge oh uh, yeah yeah and them and guys across elk. yeah <laughs> bull elk yeah, i was i mean this that motherfucker sucker was, was running for his life he was packing the mail and he ran across in front of us in this side by side and you jumped out and took off running after him like some insane, I don't know what the fuck you were doing. I don't know what I was doing. I, well, I wanted so to get to where I just blew by you in the buggy. I'm like, okay, motherfucker, you're going to run after him. I'm going to chase him down in this buggy. So I get out there about 200 yards past you. Yeah. And I slam on the brakes, jump out, whip down on my gun. And that elk and that dove. That elk dove into a reservoir. reservoir. Underwater. And it was still 500 yards away from me. Yeah. At five six hundred yards away, swam across this reservoir, got out and just kept running for and his life for miles. Missouri I mean, because you can <laughs> you can see for about six miles on the point where he at, never that some bitch slowed down, down. No. at all. He was he went underwater across the reservoir and was up on the other side before you actually could kneel down yeah, and take <laughs> get a try it. to get a shot. I never. I mean, and I was watching him through my scope as he was swimming as before he came out the other side. And if you'd have shot him, you'd have went and got him too. There's no way I could have shot a swimming elk 600 yards away, but it was sure fun to watch. It was. I've never seen, I, you know, I've seen him like run that. like, but this guy was like afraid for his life. I mean, just, he was packing. There the was mail. no reason to <laughs> no. swim across that reservoir. He could have just ran. It's not a very big, it's an Eastern Montana reservoir, water reservoir. Yeah. It was small. You could have ran down the side of it, but that crazy. He dove bitch. right through the middle of it. <laughs> and. He, I'm pretty sure he's in Canada right now enjoying the good yeah, life. because he probably swam the Missouri a few miles later and kept going. Yeah, that was uh, that was fun hunting. Yeah, we. There's it's just something about, and you know there's, there's, there's you was you know there's more elk in eastern Montana than there used to be before. There is, there, you know, <coughs> Baker and uh, Weibo area and stuff like that. Yeah, Ekalaka, uh, they're starting to get more elk traveling you know they're they're migrating farther out into these new they're other places. getting pushed into new areas and yeah. they're you know they're coming out of the breaks and they're exploring new areas and they're they're all the way from their muscle shell to forsyth i mean oh, hell yeah. yeah down by coal strip Fort, yep. i mean that whole anywhere there's pine trees in montana nowadays you're you're, you're almost yeah. gonna see my next prediction my prediction is the next world record is going to come out of that custer national forest down there some yeah. some lucky son bitch is going to 
kill one, pull a tag, and they, kill one down there. They kill there. some big. Uh, there's some big buggers. There's in there. some big buck deer down that country too. Oh yeah, there's, I got two of them in the, that back room that I shot years ago from down there. I've never, I've never hunted down there. You know, I've never really hunted for mule deer anywhere other than around my grand folks' place in the breaks. I've never. We went up, <clears throat> I, we went up, we had that place up in Thompson Falls, way up on the west side of the state. We were doing a lot of work over there, and, and uh, a buddy of mine calls, Tim, anyway, he, hey, I, my daughter shot her, shot an elk up here. They had a pretty nice, what they call a ranch. They own a thousand acres, but it's all timber, you know, it ain't yeah. like a, our kind of ranches out here, but anyway, so he. fun ranches. The fun ranches, yeah, you know, killing, killing deer yeah. and elk, but anyway, they. He gives me directions on how to get up there. Anyway, I get two or three people, and they need help packing this elk out. Anyway, we walk up, and I mean, I kind of been there before, so I kind of knew where I was going. But anyway, he just, I, we did have cell phone service, so I'd call him. I said, you know, where are we on the right? But, yep, just keep walking, keep walking. Well, six miles later, <laughs> six miles. it was forever. Like, we left at 10 o'clock in the morning when we got to him. It was three o'clock in the afternoon, Jesus. and so anyway, we by that time they already had this elk cut up, and I should and, hope so, yeah. And all we did was Could you have know half of him ate by then. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we're stuffing these bags in, and uh, I look across this canyon, and there was. He was telling us that these wolves were down, you know, down in the down right below us. So everybody's kind of, you know, wanting to see a wolf and this and that. Anyway, there's, here's this buck. He's walking right at us. Not Don't know we're there. And there's, I don't know, six of us. And he just keeps walking. And I'm looking at him, and he's he's weird shaped like his horns. Mule deer? Mule deer, but he's n real narrow inside his ears. But his horns make a wick-type shape, like a, the, point, the uh -huh. tips of his horns touch each other. And uh, by this time, I'm mad that I just walked half the day. <laughs> to get you know help my friend anyway i says i told tim i said give me that gun so i i grabbed his gun anyway i'm i pull up a rest and you know i'm waiting for him to stop but he's not stopping he's sniffing the ground he's picking his head up sniffing the ground picking his head up so thought, well, i'll just catch him right under the chin and sure enough boom that son of a bitch drops so there was two guys with empty back you know everybody had a pack but one guy had like you know the horns and that was about it so anyway we i cut this deer up and we throw it you know throw him in, in the bags and pack him down the hill but it was just a, just a you know he wasn't no monster buck but he's a unique buck that's i like them ones as character you know yeah. montana we don't have the biggest bucks no that, we got good ones we but got I mean, good ones but because everything's i mean it's easy to kill a deer out here during the rut, a big oh, deer, yeah. if they're around. Because they get dumb as fuck. Yeah. They act like you about <laughs> 1 o'clock in the morning at Bucks Bar. That's true. Just got your nose up a tail and just doing anything. And do anything you can. Yeah. So, so so they get killed. But, yeah, I've killed a couple big ones, but nothing. nothing. Oh, I like But I like character. I'm like the king of the, the three by four. That's yeah. That's my thing which is pretty common up in this country. When you see, I mean, I found some sheds from last year that are, that are, they're 200. No kidding. Yeah. yeah they're not. And in that area where I know you go, there, there's, they're It gets there. pressure though. That place gets pressure. Does it? Because that's, that's owned by a guy from Washington State. Oh. And he brings his whole fam family out mm -hmm. in October and early November, and they killed the shit out of everything. <laughs> and push everything out. Yeah, dude. Yeah. yeah, so, and that's just, I mean, but that's part of it. Yep. You know, you just kind of got to, I, you know, for big mule deer buck, I like to go closer to Thanksgiving anyway because yep. they, taste, they taste like shit, but that's when you you find the big ones. Yeah. I hunted, I mean, I, I spent two weeks hunting that area out there for elk before i finally killed one and i only saw two buck deer really? the whole time and what i did see we had a terrible winter last yes, year yes terrible winter and i found well a bunch of deadheads bucks you know and 
I, I lost count of how many uh, winter killed doe mule deer that I saw. Just curled up. Yeah, dead. Just, they're just dead everywhere. There's dead yeah. deer carcasses. Well, we had to, well. Everywhere. We had to fire in that area. We had one of the largest fires in and the state of drought. Montana. And Terrible a drought. drought. The Dry. year before. And no then, water anywhere. Then we got hit by. Worst winter in. Worst winter in 30 years. Yeah. I mean, it was just. So it killed the shit out of. Not around here. Not around Billings. I mean, there's more deer. Oh, this kind of, I see more but now this than is never. different kind of country. This doesn't get as cold, and there's a lot more ag, hay fields, yeah, and grain cover. fields and stuff out there. It's it's wild Dude, west, yeah. eastern Montana, and the wind blows, and it. I mean, they had snow up to their ass out Oof, there. It was. And my, my uncle had to get. They had to bring in bulldozers to get him yeah. plowed out eventually. Yeah. So. Yeah, eastern Montana got hammered last year. Deer numbers, just from what i see are down antelope numbers are definitely down, down. uh i was talking to some guys i've not i didn't i haven't seen any really winter kill antelope uh but i've heard other people tell me they've seen a lot of them right and just <coughs> just from going out there hunting and hunting in places where i mean i'm hunting in 20 section pastures that usually have herds, herds of antelope and nothing man my son drove all around that damn pasture and we never saw an antelope in it. Dropped down to another 11-section pasture and uh, finally found some in there. And well, when we were gathering your guys' cattle this year out at the district, I didn't see the numbers of antelope that we seen no, the year before. No, because we'd hunted in there two years before, and shit, we had a, we had a good hunt. We yeah. got deer and antelope in that area. But, yeah, they're thinning. But hopefully we'll have an easy winter this year and uh, – Next year will be good. Pheasants. Like, you know what I've seen a ton a of, of pheasants. pheasants this year. So maybe a lot of pheasants. Be a little bird I've never hunting. killed a bird. Never? Never. Oh, I, I wouldn't even know what to do if I killed a pheasant. I would just stand there and look at it. Or maybe <laughs> pull the tail feathers out and stick them <laughs> in my hat. In your hat. That's the only yeah. fucking thing I'd know what to do. Well, they're, you know, they're. I'm going to have to get on There's my, a process to, to uh, cooking pheasant. I don't know. I mean, I've I've been part of the process but i i've never cooked one just for myself I wonder how they taste on the trigger uh probably tough like boot leather mm. a lot of guys soak them you know they'll put them in like a salt brine or a or a milk brine and kind That's of soften like them up. a lot of goddamn work for, for, for just a little for breast, breast meat <laughs> 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 yeah. yeah especially the way i shoot it be full of babies i was gonna say and knock a bunch of holes in one I am going to eat a porcupine. You have good luck with that. Uh, I'm going to kill a porcupine. We're going to eat it. There's probably one out in that tree right out front here. You can go eat him. Cause I don't know how I'm going to skin it yet, though. From the belly. Be easy. No shit. <laughs> I, would, I would start <laughs> there. <laughs> yeah. So, well, shit, we might as well wrap this up for our inaugural podcast. Perfect. We'll have uh, we'll have more hunting stories next week because we actually gotta go do some hunting. We'll do some hunting, and I'm sure there'll be a cowboy story or two involved. So well, I'm sure I gotta go to Colorado tomorrow. I gotta go preg test tomorrow, so I'm it'll going, be a I'm full day. A, I'm going to an art show. Well, look at you! Yes. You're gonna have wine. Stick your little finger up. Up what? <laughs> in the air! In the air! <laughs> <laughs> All right. See ya.